knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everyone doing out there? Big Dave and Joe again. Another edition of the program here from South Florida as the World Series of Poker rolls on. Past the halfway point now and headed toward the main event, which starts in one week from today as we do the show. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, next, uh, next, is it next Monday or next, next Monday. Tuesday? Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are the three opening days. The third day is the 4th of July. So while normally we see... The biggest day on the third day. This year might be a little bit different, so that people would like to get into the tournament and get started uh, before, and then have the fourth off. You so. think that's going to happen? Uh, I think I think it will be I a little bit it'll closer. Still be the biggest day, yeah, and 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 by I still think it's going to be by a two to one margin. I mean, once they announce the dates for this, I honestly feel that the people who who are set on doing this because they want to know what everybody's done on the first two days. What the goals are for them on day one <laughs> are are not going to you know I hate to say this but I don't think they're going to care I mean they to be patriotic and everything but uh, you know poker takes a life of its own on and uh, I don't I don't see it's going to be that big of a drop. Well, off. I think if it was me, I would probably be saying to myself, well, it doesn't really matter if I play on the second or the fourth because I'll probably be out by the time fireworks come around. <laughs> I'll be knocked out by then. <laughs> Uh, not well, showing much confidence, but uh, well, hey, let's face listen, facts. If that's, if that's your, your 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 thought process there, you might want to save those ten thousand dollars. Well, that's what I'm going to do then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of stuff going on out there, and uh, some really interesting stories. We'll talk about a few of them tonight. Uh, bracelets uh, being given out right and left. Uh, we got about forty bracelets out and a few to go. Uh, there's going to be a lot of action after the main event starts, uh, with several events starting after the first uh, Which is a days, first this which is, year. Which is new, and uh, we'll look forward to some of that. Uh, of course, the big one for one drop, uh, I think uh, people are going to be kind of burnt out by the time that comes around. But, again, that raises some nice money for a great cause, and we'll see what happens. It does, and for these, you know... you. You know, it's uh, the nosebleed section of poker there. Yeah, with million dollar buy-in. And a lot of big big uh, businessmen get in there. And, so. you know, these guys, I mean, you know, remember when uh, Antonio Esfandari won it, he, took the, he jumped into the all-time lead of yeah. tournament winning. Yeah, we won 18 and, million that year. And then I think Daniel came back and overtook it with a second-place finish, I think, a few years later. Right. So, uh, f- for those... For those Nosebleed poker players that love to have their their name mentioned with the all time uh, greats or the all time money leaders in tournaments, uh, it makes for some interesting play. It really yeah, does. It, it sure has does. because of some of the rich businessmen that enter this along with the top pros. Uh, and a lot of guys are playing uh, that that were good players for many years. All of a sudden, have gotten to this high roller thing and are doing very well. Guys like Jason Kuhn, Justin Bonomo, and and they certainly have to be under consideration for challenging there. Uh, some news coming out about some of these uh, states that are, t- well, talking about online poker, but more interested, it ap- apparently, in the sports betting. Uh, it's not so sure anymore that this online poker is going to piggyback on the sports betting. So maybe some of the people will introduce that and maybe hold off on online poker, online casinos. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, that stuff is gearing up as well. Also, later on, want to talk a little bit about... Uh, 
ways to qualify for the main event still. Uh, if you're kind of uh, tempted to go out there and, and uh, you know, take your shot, you don't have to have the $10,000. You can get in uh, in several. Uh, there's a couple of step uh, qualifying tournaments that can get you in there and uh, several other ways to qualify. You can qualify online uh, in the next few days as well. Yeah, I know, because there are places that are doing that with U.S. players, and they're guaranteeing seats into the main event. So, By the way, let's kind of start there, because the online uh, tournaments, there's been one so far that was in early June, and uh, went very well. They hosted, it's kind of funny, they hosted uh, 2,123 players, the entries with rebuys was 2,972. That was for a $365 buy-in tournament. So the prize pool was almost a million bucks. Uh, that was early. That was event number 10 earlier in the uh, tournament. But there still uh, was one uh, last week uh, over the weekend, just be before the weekend, I should say. Uh, Friday, June 22nd was a 565 PLO online tournament. And then uh, there are still two two to come. This coming Friday, the 29th of June, is a $1,000 buy-in, no-limit hold'em event. And then a $3,200 high roller uh, will be on Saturday, the 30th. So the funny thing was they did have some technical issues that held down the field uh, that made it tougher, which is weird because international players had a very hard time getting in, you know, players from overseas. And they think they have that straightened out, but since all those guys have been playing online poker the entire time that we haven't been able to play here in the United States, now this big tournament in Vegas, and they can't get in. <laughs> 19 out of the 2,123 players were from overseas. Really? 19. And well, think about it. The rest, the rest could only have played from... Um, Nevada, Delaware, which now has a receiver. Nevada, Delaware, right? and, and uh, is New Jersey and New part Jersey. of that, yes, uh, they that are group now? now? I wasn't they sure are, if yes. they had, or had done that. Uh, also, the starting time was not really geared for the European players. It was uh, 3 p.m. in Vegas, 6 p.m. on the east coast of the United States. And uh, so, obviously, that's like mid starting at midnight in overseas. And it would the event lasted 13 hours. Okay. Well, listen, but, you know... We I don't see that being a huge problem for these guys, especially since they know when they can start. Being at home is a lot more relaxing than being at one of these tables. Um, you know, uh, it is a little bit of a difference, but I'm I'm assuming this is this is more of the norm for them than the exception. Uh, right, going, right. You know, with with tournaments around the world. Uh, just to give you uh, the winner uh, of the first event, it was uh, William Raymond, who goes as two pair with three O's. Uh, he was the winner of the first one. And then event 47 was the uh, PLO tournament online. And some big names uh, got down to the end in this one, but the winner was Matthew Mendez, who plays as Mendy. Uh, kind of funny, one of the uh, top, the second place finisher was actually from Hungary, so he's one of the 19 that, that well, actually, it's probably a lot more. Uh, <laughs> players for the second one. But uh, also at that final table, uh, Anthony Zeno. Really? Yeah, yeah. Alex Smith uh, and, and Kush Mandavia, who a lot of people know as well. Uh, but that was uh, the online PLO, so I'm not sure. Let's see, the amount of players, 1,223 entries for for PLO, which is pretty huge, really. Yeah, right, that's a hell of a field. So they got the problem straightened out with the international players for that one and uh, had a pretty good thing going on. So uh, 
the advice they're giving people is to make sure you have enough funds if you're going to want to rebuy because you only have a few few seconds, well, not a few seconds, I guess like a minute or two to possibly rebuy if you get knocked out, uh, and also plan for the hours because uh, it's going to go well into the, the wee hours of the morning, obviously. So they're limiting the, the rebuy uh, p- portion for that. Well, because it's just some when you're online, uh, you get about you get about a minute or two, I think, to do it. No, well, I'll be honest with you. I'm at least you know when I played online, um, I I know that I was allowed to come back in if I had decided to, you know, even up to you know some of the sites I played on up to half hour. Oh, you, you actually have time to reload yeah, like your you account? Yeah, you go back to it and it says, do you want to do this? Now, some of them do limit your time. I would be surprised as to why they would want to limit uh, these times because obviously make the price pool a lot bigger right. and stuff. And, you know, so like you said, sometimes it's a matter of just funding your account, thinking that you have enough money in there. And then you go, oh, my God, I didn't do this today. Right. So, um, but very interesting, you know. What, did they mention what the technical problem was? Uh, no, just that they identified it and fixed it, whatever it was. Okay. But that was the first. That was way back in the beginning, uh, back in uh, June, so uh, early June, I should say. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on what's happening. But still two online events still to go. And by next year, a little later in the show, we'll talk about who may be online next. But it looks like very possibly could be either Rhode Island or uh, it's not going to be New York. They're pretty much out of the picture now. But, uh, uh I don't know. I'll have to look up and see who the other one was. But, but Michigan, Illinois are, are looking at it very closely. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen there. But uh, a lot of the states uh, are looking. Oh, Mississippi is the other uh, one. That's the one that I heard may be the next one online for online gambling right. also. So that makes a lot of sense that they'd be the next one for poker too. Right. So we'll see. You know, they've got a lot of poker rooms there, Tunica and some of those places. I'm sure a lot of those people want their piece of the pie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big uh, story about the results from the World Series is the Grinder uh, winning the Poker Players Championship for the third time. He won in 2010 and 2012 and wins this year for the third time. Uh, Brian Rast had won the, that tournament twice. And interestingly, the grinder knocked him out of this final table. He uh, says, this is mine, boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of interesting stories surrounding it. Uh, the whole family was out there, saw the brothers. I didn't see Stacy. She must be still here in town working. Uh, I'm sure she's headed out for playing the main event. But uh, Stacy Madison, a good friend of ours that uh, runs the dealer school, the Mizrahi dealer school that's now called the WSOP dealer school. And uh, so we uh, we were following that, and uh, uh, the brothers were out there, and they had the rail. I didn't see Mom either. I didn't see Mama Grinder, but uh, they had, I'm sure, a great party. But uh, very interesting that he wins once again, and uh, you know, just just seems to be his event. Uh, what are you going to say to a man who's won it three times already? What was the feel like in this one, Dave? Uh, uh, that's do a good you have question. the numbers on that yet? Yeah, it's uh, maybe a little over 100, I think. Maybe. Okay, I'll look that up. But uh, uh, Ryan Reese tweeted tweeted out uh, uh, a little poll. You know, sometimes you can put a poll on Twitter, and uh, he tweeted that out for people to select which was the most impressive poker accomplishment. And uh, one was Justin Bonomo's latest run and Fader Holtz's last year. 
those huge runs, which actually won by one percentage point over the grinder, winning three times the PPC. And the other one was Mark Newhouse uh, making, making back-to-back back back to back final tables in, in this era. So um, uh, I don't know. I, I find it to be the most... Uh, the greatest accomplishment winning that tournament because it is the Chip Reese Trophy, which means maybe the best all-round player in poker to win an eight-game mix and, and be that good. And, and you know, obviously we've mentioned the, 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 the big one-for-one drop, having all of this, but this particular tournament, you got to imagine, what, 95% of the, the entry of the field are, what, Top 150? Yeah, I would Maybe say. top 150 in the world. 87 players. 87, okay. So, out of those 87, I, I would imagine most, if not all of them, uh, are going to be at least in the top, what, 200 GPI? Yeah, I would think. Get close to it. You know, these are, these are all top-notch poker players that have, uh, you know, a great grasp of all these different games. You know, each game has its own nuance to it, Dave, and you've right. got to know how to play it. And it's just extremely impressive that the grinder has taken this down against these, even if the fields are 80 or 90. That's 80, you know, that's 86 players you've got to beat who are all very accomplished, maybe not in every single game, but, you know, you're playing all these different games. And to me, that, like you said, that. What was it that won at Bonomo? Uh, Justin Bonomo. But was he the one that 36 won? 36% to 35%. Yeah, that's nice, but I don't know. Three times winning the Poker Players Championship, that's that's an impressive, impressive feat for the grinder. Uh, John Hennigan, by the way, finished second, and Hennigan had just won uh, event number 27, which was the uh, horse title, the 10K horse title. Uh, he's having a tremendous series. So... So let me see. So the guy who came in second won won a bracelet, or at least this year in a 10k in a 10k event already. Right. So yeah, that just goes to prove my point of the f- type of. F- I, I wonder what the final table looked like. Well, here was the final. How table. many bracelet winners are in that yeah. 87? Uh, Mizraki won. Hennigan was second. Dan Smith, great player, was okay. third. Okay. Mike Leo was fourth. All right. He won a WPT event this year. Benny Glazer was fifth, and Aaron Katz was uh, sixth. Brian Rast, who had won this tournament twice, finished eighth. Phil Ivey was ninth. Uh, Sean Deeb finished in tenth place. So Damn, uh, what a shitty lineup they had there <laughs> huh, for those that, that he had to go through, huh? Yeah. That's that's what I mean, you know. And I guarantee you, as you keep going back, back, and back, and back. You're just going to see bracelet winners, champions of big events. You know, it's just that's why I think this is so impressive and winning it three times. That Huge is, accomplishment. Yes, yes it no is. question. Uh, a funny story that I read was that uh, on day two, uh, he had kind of a short stack grinder did and was not doing all that well and accidentally spilled a cup of coffee on the table. There was a seven-minute delay. They had to actually switch tables. And when they came back, he started playing much better and, and made a big comeback. So, uh, you know, not not in purpose, but uh, doing that. But, hey, you know, stuff, stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like delaying the game there just to kind of, you know, re-energize yourself a little bit, I guess. Anyway, congratulations to him. Uh, Rob Mizraki's made a couple of deep runs in a couple of events, but has fallen short, so he does not have a, tr- uh, a bracelet this year, but 
these guys have a big enough competition between them to try to one-up each other. I was just about other. to say that because I think Rob had more bracelets than I think it was 4-3, to three, but uh, now the Grinder now tied him. Just so, tied him, yeah, so. I think that's but what But how it is. impressive is that in the family that two, two, two brothers have four bracelets at minimum each? Right, no question. Uh, just to review back a couple of events, uh, the horse title won by uh, John Henneken, who defeated uh, David Bakes Baker. Uh, head-to-head to win that one. Lee Salem was third. Randy Ohel, who's from Boca, uh, lives now in Vegas, uh, finished in fifth. Uh, Michael Norrie was uh, in eighth place. Uh, the other interesting story is uh, Jeffrey Lissandro defeated by Stephen Albini for the title. And if that sounds familiar, uh, Steve Albini is in the music business. He actually is a lead singer for a band named Shellac. Uh, but he's more famous as a music producer, having produced uh, their Nirvana album, uh, In Utero. Well, I'm glad you told me that, because I would not have known that. Uh, but he's a, he's a pretty interesting story, because he's been a, a interested poker player for quite a long time. He defeated Lissandro, who won Player of the Year uh, at the World Series several years ago. Chris Ferguson, by the way, was fourth in that tournament. Uh, but uh, Albini is uh, 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 kind of a recreational-type poker player, uh, but is a celebrity in the music business, and uh, uh, he actually was written up uh, in Rolling Stone and a couple other uh, after winning that title. Uh, He also produced the album by the Pixies called Surfer Rosa, and he's a guitarist and singer and plays uh, poker on his spare time. He had won a... uh, a tournament earlier in his career, I think it was, uh, well, I'll try to remember exactly what that was, but uh, he won a pretty major event earlier in his career, and uh, is is a solid player, no question about it, but uh, kind of fun when uh, people who are famous for other things actually show that they can play, and he was uh, very excited about, uh, he's not an, a mediocre player or anything by any means, but uh, he said it was uh, pretty interesting that, that he could do that, so. Well, you know, the Obviously, these are very smart people, and um, you know the challenge of uh, of poker, Dave. You know, it's uh, every year we see different movie stars, and you know uh, James Woods. Uh, what's the comedian's name that we always see that he's oh, done uh, quite well? Um, Norm Macdonald. No, not Norm Macdonald. Oh, uh, um, Ray Romano. Ray Romano and and, and, uh, and Brad, Brad Gilbert go Brad in there, Garrett, but no. Brad but I'm Garrett. talking about the other guy who used to do a great oh, Peter uh, Falk impression and. Uh, Damn. How about uh, Ferguson or no. Oh, you uh, uh, on Sky and Seinfeld to play George Costanza. Uh, George, oh, uh, I can't even remember I, his name. Yeah, now. I can't either. Jason? But the guy I'm thinking about, that's Jason. Um, What's his name, Gio? Oh my goodness gracious! Here we are. We're we're having seen moments <laughs> here between the two. We can't remember us. because Seinfeld what was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I'm thinking Jason of, Alexander. There you go. But that's not even who I'm talking about. We've seen this guy that, remember a few years ago, he knocked out his mentor, that he was felt really bad. He's a comedian by trade. I don't know. He's a good actor. I'm, after we come back from break, uh, whenever now, we now go you got, break, now, now you've you got, got Kevin Hart also. Ke- uh, well, this oh, guy you're thinking is Kevin. Um, Kevin James? No, not Kevin James. It's, um, damn, I can't remember his name now. I'll figure it out. Don't okay. worry. I'll okay. have it by the time we come back. Okay. Well, he won 106000 uh in uh, winning that uh, that bracelet, he his quote was, uh, "I'm ecstatic that a player as mediocre as me can outlast all these better players and end up with a bracelet. There's still hope for everyone." <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So he, <laughs> so he says, uh, by the way, it was, uh, what was it? It was Seven Card Stud was the tournament as well. Yeah, so, uh, but I'm going to find out this guy's name. I think it's Kevin, but I'm trying, Kevin Pollock, maybe Pollock? Kevin Pollock, is that it? I think I just got it. Kevin Pollock, that was it. There you go. Well, I he's an actor, not a really a comedian. He's a comic well, actor. Well, no, but he started as a comedian. Oh, he he's did? a stand-up comedian okay. who became an actor. So yeah, I'm almost certain that's his name, Kevin Pollock. He's he's, he's done quite well in, in quite a few tournaments and stuff. So, um, you know, th- that's who I was thinking of. I'm almost 100% sure I'm, I'm having a Mr. Geo here just... Verify that for me if he's in the in the cast of the whole nine yards. <laughs> By the way, uh, we mentioned uh, Sean Deeb, and he came back to win a bracelet after that. Event number 42 was uh, the $25,000 buy-in PLO high roller. And he defeated uh, Ben Yu uh, in the final head-to-head play to win that title. Uh, nice payoff, $1.4 million for Sean Deeb. Uh, Scotty Wynn was third. Man. Hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> How many Coronas? Not bad. I don't know. He, he won almost 600000 Uh James Calderaro, who's from Florida, the west coast of Florida, uh, finished fourth. He won that tournament last year. Uh, so he came back and finished in fourth. Jason Kuhn was fifth. Uh, Ryan Tosic was sixth. David Benjamin in seventh place. And the last star I want to touch before our first break is uh, – the winner of the Super Seniors. We had talked about James Moore and going for his third title. He got knocked out on day one. They were uh, head to head last week, right? When we left, or no, or about down to? I'm sorry, I no, think you they said were down about to twenty or thirty players. Yeah, I think so. But the winner was Farantaj Bonyadi. And if that sounds familiar, there's a player named Farzad Bonyadi. Brothers, or it's her. It's her son. She was the winner. His mother. Won the Super Seniors. Oh. 83 years old, won the tournament. No. Uh, Farantaj Bonyadi uh, topped the field. 2,191 players. And there were some great week. players in that yeah. because last week you mentioned off a nice long list of, uh, of you know, top top poker players uh, that, that are in, this, in, in that 60 or older range now. Well, her son, uh, Farzad, is a three-time bracelet winner and is actually... Actually, was the bubble boy for the main event, I think, in 2014. But uh, you had to be 60, obviously, this year. They dropped the age limit to 60, as we talked about last week. But uh, uh, she was great, and uh, she won the tournament. She was seventh in chip position, uh, entering the final table, was able to uh, uh, win that, uh, even though she was down uh, four and a half to one to the chip leader at one point uh, on day three of this event. So she never gave up. Uh, she battled for 175 hands of heads-up action at the age of 83. At the age of God 83, bless. and took the title. So uh, Congratu- pretty unbelievable. Congratulations. Uh, Robert Beach finished in second. Paul Lee was third. And baseball Lee, Eric Baldwin won a bracelet uh, last week. He finished uh, in the $1,500 No Limit Hold'em event. He took that down and was the winner. Uh, beat Ian Steinman for the title. Aaron Massey, good friend of ours that's been on the show before, uh, finished in fourth place at that final table. So uh, we congratulate him. And just one more event. Uh, the $2,500 uh, No Limit Hold'em was won by Israeli uh, citizen Timur Margolin, uh, who took that one down for the title. Uh, Ismail Bojang was second. Michael Martyr was third. So uh, Chris Ferguson finished fourth in that one as well. So he's having a great tournament as well. But a lot of great uh, players, a lot of great stories. 
and uh, Ferguson, who was uh, going for his seventh career bracelet, was denied and finished fourth in that one. So let's take our first break of the show. We'll talk about uh, a situation that we mentioned last week, uh, poker's newest power couple, they're calling them, uh, William Foxen and Kristen Bicknell. And we mentioned it last week at a tournament at the Venetian, a pretty big tournament over there, uh, ended up finishing first and second in the event, shopping uh, at the end. There was a lot of talk this week about possible collusion and what people thought. And, uh, you know, I think it's a little rough on them. But uh, I'd like to talk about the situation with Joe and, and his thoughts because as a poker room manager, always got your eye on collusion and things going on in tournaments and that sort of thing. And you never can tell. But we'll talk about it when we come back. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line. Thanks for being around. We'll talk about some uh, sports betting, its relationship to online poker, and a few other things when we return. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Let's go, guys. Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? Of course. I I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> wow, jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Huh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Back on the program, uh, one other event I wanted to mention was uh, the Deuce 7 Low Ball Tournament. Uh, finished up, and uh, Matt Glantz, uh, who we haven't had out for a while, but has been uh, a part of the show a couple of times, uh, won that $10,000 Deuce to 7 triple draw, or not did not win, I'm sorry, he finished in fifth place, made the final table. It was won by Nicholas Sykin and Randy Ohel, who we mentioned uh, earlier, finished in second, and Farzad Bonyadi, who we also mentioned, finished <laughs> fourth. So he finished uh, at two final tables, Farzad. His mother outdid him by winning a bracelet, but he had two final tables, both in Deuce 7. Both in Deuce 7. All right, but the f- her field was a lot more impressive. <laughs> I would say, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I don't think you have thousands in the Deuce Stuff seven. that's uh, going on today, uh, several tournaments, and we'll get some updates uh, a little later in the show, but heading into the day, the uh, Raz tournament 
you were asking you were asking about Rip Porter last week. Uh, saw that he was uh, offering some pieces of his action on uh, Poker Stake uh, for his ten thousand dollar tournament. He was still alive, and Phil Helmuth also was still in. So uh, uh, that was day two today. They are underway. Also, um, the Monster Stack is going on. A really big field in that one uh, as they uh, head into day two. Uh, ben, uh, Joe McKeon, Ben Lamb, The Grinder, and Stephen Chidwick all still alive in the Monster Stack, and we'll see how they're doing a little bit later. Um, on Sunday, f- over 4,000 players entered it, um, so a total of over 6,200 players in the Monster Stack. So that's proving to be one of the big tournaments here. Um, let's see, Ronnie Barda also still alive in that one, and Anna Marco- Marquez. And Lane Flack, Mike Leah, John Monette. Man, I haven't heard Ronnie's name. I, yeah. I hope he does really well ever since. Well, last year broke his streak. He had five uh, caches in the main event, five years in a row. Last year he got eliminated before oh. the cash. Well, hopefully he wasn't affected by uh, by everything that went on at PPC, who he used to be one of the front men for without knowing what these people, uh, you know, what – Sandy and Brian were up to whatever the hell they've done. I, I don't even know if they've come to uh, an agreement or anything with that. Right. Uh, Rep Porter, by the way, is not not in the Raz, but the P, the PLO eight-handed with ten thousand dollar buy-in. He had a nice chip stack uh, behind the leader, Ryan Hughes, but Porter had one point seven million chips. Also, uh, Brandon Shaq Harris and Scotty Wynn, who seems to be playing very well. That started back up today a few hour, a couple hours ago. So we'll check on the stats of that one. Uh, also in the Raz, uh, Elon Schwartz uh, making a little bit of a run, and Barry Greenstein still alive, but with a very short stack. And John Hennigan is still alive in that one, so is Sean Deeb. So um, we'll follow that one as well. And the tournament that Chris Bolick won last year, the $1,500 No Limit Hold'em Bounty Tournament, is started today, as did the uh, $10,000 Limit Hold'em event. So we'll uh, check all that stuff out and update some stats. But I wanted to get to this uh, story about uh, William Foxen and Kristen Bicknell. And first of all, Joe, when when you have three players uh, finishing up a tournament, they did offer to chop, ICM chop. And the third place finisher really didn't make a big stink about it afterwards, but a couple of his friends did and said that he was uh, screwed and... And uh, there was talk of cheating and collusion and that sort of thing. William Fox and, and Kristen Bicknell, I guess, have been going out for about six months or maybe a little longer. But uh, boyfriend and girlfriend made it down to the final three. They both had about 2.25 million chips. And uh, Kale Burns was the third player. He had about 750K. So he's down. And you know, it's certainly not collusion for two players that have a big lead to try to squeeze out the third player and get rid of them. Is it not so? That is that that is commonplace in every spring, every tournament. You know, especially if you have somebody who is, um, you know, three to one on both on both players, you know, and six to one combined. Okay, you're always going to try because you know it's a nice jump from third place money to second place money. And if I'm not mistaken, in this particular case, the jump was almost fifty thousand dollars. Right. Okay. And you know that's that's a lot of money. You know, I believe the third place money was one twenty. So you're talking, 
No, more than that. Uh, third place was about 120. Oh, third place. Third, oh, third place, place was yeah, okay. 120. So a 50000 $50, dollars jump. You're looking at a 40 percent jump from where you are now, added to your stack. Um, so the other players obviously would love, you know, when you've got that kind of a lead on the third place man, that you know, that big of a chip lead between the top two players. You know, you want to make sure you get that extra fifty thousand dollars, right? And obviously, it gets you a step closer in this case to another hundred thousand dollars, which first place was about two hundred and seventy thousand, right? If I read correctly, um, so yeah, the I've seen it where they don't even offer a chip deal now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but I believe they offered the, the ICM chip. Uh, the they did, because this was not a World Series of Poker tournament. You don't see chops facilitated by the WSOP, but this was actually at the Venetian, and it was a mid-states poker tournament. And uh, wasn't Burns the one main who event. turned it down? Who was I think they place? offered it to him twice, and he turned it down. But uh, uh, And they, had, they played overall, they played three-handed for close to four hours. So, you know... I don't see it's over for much quicker if there's point. collusion, obviously, yeah. Exactly. You know, uh it just doesn't make any sense that you played four hours. The man who, you know, was offered an ICM if he was down six to one combined to those two at one point, you know, if the price pool if he wound up getting close to let's say second place money, uh, you know, again, I don't know how much of a superior player he thought to both of his opponents. You know, I, I've seen a lot of strange things, Dave. I, I've seen people who I didn't think should be taking any kind of a deal because I thought they were that great of of a player, you know, offer a deal and through the kindness of their heart. They got tired. It was the tournament was just so long. Or other people who were offered a deal who should have just, like, snapped somebody's arm off and shook and said, yes, let's do this, you know, act like they were, the, you know, the second coming to being the greatest poker player in the world. Right. Well, there's no question that uh, it's a tough situation for everyone involved. And they certainly, uh, you know, knew there would be some criticism if they saw one hand that was uh, strange or, or some sort of thing. Some of the players chimed in later. But uh, just to give you the background of it, uh Chopping was allowed in this event, provided they left 10% of the remaining prize pool on the table. Uh, both times uh, they started to talk numbers, Burns declined. So he, he, was no, he was interested in winning, and that was it. So um, basically, Kristen Bicknell said, it's not that I didn't want to play. I just thought we were all pretty good players and didn't really want to play for that much money against them. I was happy to look at a deal, but he didn't want to. That was his decision, which was fine. And uh, Foxen said the overlay money made the payout steeper, which was more of an incentive to chop, I think. ICM is really a significant element to the game. So let's look at the one hand that people focused on, which is probably not fair. They obviously played well, dozens of hands. I'd like to make a point here. Okay. You mentioned that it was his friends who really made all these comments. Right. Now, remember, you know, when friends or family are looking at, at you play, if he didn't come up and start screaming and getting, you know, Hey, these guys are squeezing me out here. You know they're, you know they're, they're playing games, and to my knowledge, he really didn't do that. Now his friends look at this, and obviously are looking through this through uh, different colored glasses, as I like to say. Right. Uh, when they look at these particular scenarios, I know in the article that I read there was one particular hand, which I believe is the one you might be bringing up right now. Right. And something else that happened, so I'll let you continue with the, the hand. Okay, well, let's just look at the hand, because it's pretty interesting. 
And, you know, I, I think it was uh, kind of smart play on everyone's part and not really any kind of slow play or anything like I, that. And I agree, but go ahead and read it for our listeners. Uh, blinds were 25,000, 50,000. And Foxen uh, made it 115K to go. He had j- pocket jacks on the button. And uh, Burns had folded. He folded pretty early in the hand, I guess. No, but Burns couldn't have folded. He was the, isn't he the one no. who had... Burns had aces, no? No, it was Bignell had the aces, the girlfriend. Oh, the girlfriend. I'm sorry. You're she right, had you're pocket right. aces. She 3-bet three, three to uh, 400K. Foxen called, and the flop came five of clubs, four of hearts, jack of spades. So he flopped the set. Okay. Uh, Bignell bet 200,000. Foxen called. Uh, Bignell checked. And then Foxen bet uh, 375K on the turn with a king. Coming off on the turn. Okay. And then uh, uh, Bignell also checked on the river, which came a three of clubs. So uh, Foxen bet 600000 and that's when she kind of went in the tank a little bit, tried to stare him down, and he mentioned that he would show his hand, and she folded. Okay, which, which is the one mistake there, making a comment like that. Yeah. You know, and again... It could have just been an innocent mistake, but you don't make a comment like that because, you know, if that person knows how you play and he knows or she knows that you're going to say something like that when you have the nuts, it's going to make it very easy for her to lay down pocket aces. Right. He said, uh, Foxen said after the hand, he said, we, of course, we po- talk poker all the time. So I know in this exact spot, I don't anticipate her three betting light out of the big blind. I know she has a really strong hand. When I'm calling, she knows that she has. Uh, she knows that I know that she has a really strong hand. So when I'm continuing and betting twice, it's hard for me to have a hand that's worse than she has with the understanding of each other's thought processes. So Which makes he did sense. have the best hand. He stuck but it he out, and she never have made that comment. And again, that doesn't mean that there was any kind of collusion or anything wrong going on. It's just for appearance' sake, in my opinion, Dave. Right. And I think that's probably where his friends were. You know, the conspiracy theorist comes in. Oh, he's letting her know that, you know, he's got a monster hand by saying, I'll show you. Well, I guess obviously, Burns was probably hoping that she would, you know, go all in and, and get eliminated there. And he could get second place or, instead of third. Or even just make that call because yeah. we don't know where she was at. But that, you're talking almost a $700,000 wager at that point. She would have lost, you know, a million and change in chips. So that would have given him a much better opportunity to at least crawl up into second place. Right. Um, he was offered to for co- uh, comment, and he refused. He didn't make a comment about it. But later on, several of his friends uh, tweeted and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just a tough situation. And to uh, pick out one hand out of dozens of hands right. head to head of three-handed play. Exactly. Four hours is, to me, the telling sign that there wasn't any kind of real collusion or anything going on but you can't but help you know when you when you know you're going out with somebody you're both po- top poker players to discuss your game well and you mentioned one of the things you started to mention was that she actually leaned over and whispered something to fox and after the ha- a couple not immediately well, after the right, hand, a couple hands later maybe. which is the only other big problem that i would have had right. as a poker room manager and as an opponent against her you know they should not they, they they should actually be avoid even on breaks they should be avoiding each other. Yeah, you understand? Just just because you don't want it to look like there's something going on. And again, 
if those are the only two incidences over four hours, yeah, it's just a little, you know, uh, lapse in judgment on both of their parts. But I don't see that as a as a big thing. And I honestly believe we would have heard a hell of a lot more on all the forums and, you know, from Burns himself if he thought that there was some serious collusion going on. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, the final decision, uh, Fox and won the tournament. They pl- did play it out after they decided to make a chop uh, and play for 39000 He ends up winning 239000 She got 200000 So uh, I, don't, I don't think it's fair to, uh, to accuse them of cheating or slow playing or anything. I mean, you know, it's just part of the game, really, when you get down to three, really. And, and one player and has a lot less Dave, chips. I, I go back even further as a manager, Dave. Okay, they got to a final table together, so there were other players there. And it was on TV. Okay, it so was being yes, filmed. you know the you know we're 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 concentrating on two against one, and when they get to the three, but you know it was still two players. Quote: If there was something going on against the rest of the field, uh, whatever it was, seven other players right. um, at that final table. So, like I said. People would have already been talking prior to them even getting, you know, three-handed. It's, you know, again, little mistakes that are made that if it was you, me, and Gio here playing and, you know, you and I are good friends that have played for years. And, you know, Gio is the short stack. Yeah, you know, it's not the matter to say that we're going to gang up on him. But one of us is going to try to take advantage of him right. sooner or later because and that's just the nature of the game. It just makes sense not to mix it up in big hands with uh, the other big stack. Of course not. You know, when you see something with two big stacks taking it on, and I'll give you the example. Well, the example to me is Joseph Chong against, um, uh, was it Damal? Remember? Duhamel, yeah. Duhamel, Queens against Ace-10. I still, don't, still can't understand uh, what Chong was thinking about, but, um, you know. They decided to get it get crazy with each other when you had Reisner so short stacked for for third place. Right. You just you know, you don't see situations like that very often. Let's let's gang up on the short stack guy, guarantee us the million plus more in that particular case, and then we'll worry about how we face each other off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh in the uh, monster stack, we'll take a look at that a little bit later, but uh uh, 6,260 players. They're down to 941. So that's uh, the closest thing we have to the main event, really, with a week to go before the main event. But uh, a lot of big-name players uh, doing pretty well in this one. Uh, see if I can get you a chip leader here before we head to break. Um, 941 is the amount of players. Of Pablo Ortiz is listed as the chip leader. And... Uh, a lot of names here that I don't think you would know, but uh, highest big-name player is Annette Oberstad uh, at, in 14th place. And uh, I don't know. That's the main thing. I know that uh, some big-name players are still alive, but it's not really all that deep as far as the blinds and Andes, I think, it's, uh, thus far. And uh, we'll go ahead. Which what makes this tournament go long because of the yeah. deep stack, monster stack, as they say. Yeah. And, uh, you know... Uh, it'll take a little while. Yeah. It'll take a little while, even with you know only 900 players left. Uh, Will Givens still alive? Let me see if we got anybody else that really stands out on the list here. Nipun Java uh, has a pretty good sized stack, and Steve Belarakis still in there. 
but not a lot of huge names. Philip Wee is still in from uh, he lives down here now in South Florida. Girl, boyfriend and girlfriend uh, with uh, Alani Lonnie Harwood. Okay. And uh, that's the best I can do for you for big names. Looks like uh, a lot of people that people haven't heard. Although Farantaj Bonyadi is still alive <laughs> at 83 years of age. Could be. Could be could be the the uh, story of this year's uh, WSOP. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Okay, let's take another break here on the program. We'll, when we come back, we'll look at some of those other events that are still going on. A lot of the big names are, are playing in some of the $10,000 buy-in events. So we will look at those as well when we come back. Also talk a little bit about how you can still get into the main event. Uh, you can jump on a plane and get out there and qualify or maybe qualify online. Uh, if you live in New Jersey or Delaware or uh, in the Nevada. But uh, we'll take this break. You can always pick up the show on SoundCloud. We invite people to do that and then go ahead and send out a tweet. And uh, if you find it interesting, to send it to your interested friends. Also, uh, you can go to uh, iTunes, of course, a uh, long-time staple for uh, podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts, you can check it out. Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play, I think it's called and uh, several other places. Or you can go to uh, the Hold'em Radio Network, hear the show on there, or possibly go to our website at PokerActionLine.com. But we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll finish things up. Uh, Got a little bit of time left to talk about some results and some upcoming things. So stick around. More when we return on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. 
every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Always keep an eye on some of the South Florida players still alive in the event. Uh, just looking very quickly, uh, Daryl Fish is still in there, uh, 64,000 chips. Uh, Chris Bolick still alive, 78,000 chips. Muckle Bahuja, Steve Wolanski, James Salmon. So a lot of the big South Florida names uh, still hanging in there, although the chip leader has over half a million chips, so they are quite a ways back. So they need to make up some ground, plenty of ground, obviously just hanging in there for... Uh, the field of 941, which continues to uh, trim down. A uh, lot of stuff happening out there. You, Joe, you ever think about playing in something like that? Have you ever played in a tournament that large? I mean, that's not the Colossus, obviously, but have you played in tournaments with several thousand people? And what are your I, uh, I strategies? Did. I did, and um, it was back in uh, 2004. It was, um, I'm trying to remember... Um, in Vegas, I, I was just in shock as to the amount of, uh, I was off the strip, I'm trying to remember, the, and when I walked in, I just saw one room, one of their convention rooms that was just, had to be, I don't Couple know, 100, 150 to 200 tables, yeah. and then I didn't know, I thought that was it, and, they, and when I get in there, they go, oh no, you're in the other room, <laughs> <laughs> when I walked to the other room, there was almost as many people there too, so um, I, I, you'll forgive me. It was such a long time ago that I can't remember what tournament it was, but it was it was a lot. Of, I was in shock. I, I'll be honest with you. I hadn't even come close to playing in that. With, forget about close. I had. I don't think I ever played in a tournament that had 10% of what that had there in that room. Um, I've played in tournaments with you know two, three hundred people. At the most prior to that, and um, you know that was thousands of players. I think the final, the final number was over three thousand players. Um, it was it wasn't a large buy-in. It was somewhere around between the three and five hundred dollar range. Right. I remember seeing uh, oh, what's that guy's name? He wrote a book. He was there signing for his book. Um, Tom they McAvoy? Made, no, they made him the commissioner of one of the uh, either Poker Stars or Party Poker. Um, Lee, uh, I think it was Lee something. Oh, like, Lee uh, Markhold? Uh, no, it wasn't Lee Markhold. Like going back, we're talking, remember, yeah. he was a big guy going back a while. Uh, I'll, I'll get his name. He became, <laughs> he became the, uh, you know, like the ambassador for either Poker Stars, Party Poker, Full Tilt, uh, one of those, one of those, he was uh, there and he was signing a book that he had just written, um, and it was. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you, Dave. I was, I was uh, a little taken back. I was in awe. I, 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 I honestly stood there for about five minutes without even walking to my table, going, "Oh my God, look how many people you got to go through." And this was like shortly after, you know, the money maker you know, explosion a year or two earlier. So I was in shock. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I was in uh, Lee Jones, I think. <laughs> Lee Jones, the, yeah. Lee he's Jones. with Poker Stars, yeah. yeah. I met, met Lee him last Jones, year and uh, just, again, today I'm getting the names a little bit later, but um, it was 
it was intimidating, to yeah. be honest with I you, the imagine. first time. Uh, two tournaments we're looking at that are going on today, the uh, PLO eight-handed uh, event, $10,000 buy-in. Uh, Scotty Wynn has been knocked out of that one. Uh, Joey Ingram is the short stack. He's a radio guy, does his own show. Jerry Wong from South Florida uh, is still alive, but uh, fairly short stacked. Uh, one of the There's five players over two million chips, and one of them is Red Rep Porter. Good. So he's in fifth place, actually, but he is uh, still alive. Uh, Mike Lee is still alive. Brandon Shaq Harris and Dario San Martino, just to name a few. The other tournament we're looking at is the uh, the fifteen hundred dollar Raz tournament, which is uh, quite advanced and quite a ways along. Uh, Phil Helmuth still alive, going into today. Let's see where that one stands here um, as they move along. 389 players, by the way, entered that tournament, and 70 still remaining, so still a ways to go. Catherine Fleck is in third place in chips. She finished third in the earlier, uh, I think it was Deuce Lowball tournament that finished third and made a nice payoff there, but she's still alive. Uh, Miami John Cernudo, who's not really from Miami, uh, still alive. Let's see if we got Raisner is still in there. I uh, don't see Phil's name. Let's see if Phil is still alive in there. If he is, he's short-stacked. But uh, apparently, he's not still around. Anyway, chip leader is uh, Gregory Wyraz from uh, Poland. Rex Klinkscales is in second. Uh, Catherine Fleck, third. Cindy Violet still, along, uh, still in there. And uh, Elon Schwartz, Ted Forrest, and a few others. Anyway... Uh, we'll keep an eye on that and give you one last update when we return. Uh, let's take our last break on the show. We'll finish things up when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about that online uh, tournaments, and uh, which we mentioned earlier, and also the uh, qualifying events, uh, satellites, to get into the main. Now, you're talking about uh, WSOP satellite tournaments that yeah. they're doing? Yeah. Oh, okay, because... There are other sites that are taking American players <laughs> that that are doing satellites to get into the main event. America's card room? Is that? that could be one of them. <laughs> okay. That could definitely well, be one of them. We'll be back. We'll finish up our show when we return. Poker Action Line, we catch us every week. Uh, we've been doing the show earlier in the week and posting it earlier, but uh, uh, we'll probably head back to midweek uh, later on. And, of course, plenty of coverage of the main event when we... Uh, when we get around next week. Also, uh, I've talked to uh, to Sherry Bykovsky, who was on the show with us uh, about a month ago, maybe three weeks. Three weeks. And uh, has written that book, Kaizen of Poker, and uh, we asked her to return. So we're trying to set up a date. Probably the 11th will be the day that we do that, July 11th. So uh, if you want a little more information about uh, how to improve your game, you might want to stick around for that. Let's finish things up when we return. Poker Action Line will be back after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. 
A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program. As always, we keep an eye on what's happening as far as... Uh, U.S. online play, uh, several places uh, came and went this year as far as uh, getting something done. New York did not get anything done. They're going to be another year before they do anything. Uh, their session ended on June 20th, so nothing there. Connecticut's uh, lawmakers actually came to an uh, end of their session back in May, so they missed out. But Illinois and Michigan still possibly alive. And as we mentioned, uh, Rhode Island and Mississippi could be the next ones online. We're waiting for Pennsylvania to get their... Uh, stuff in place and actually start, t- well, start taking bets. Their session was about to come to an end, you know, now, like you just mentioned, you know, the Supreme Court came up with this decision. I wouldn't be surprised if the governor calls for a special session in some, you know, governors in certain states, uh, you know, especially if they see neighbors and uh, other states taking full advantage and making money off of uh, online gambling and, and everything else. Uh, it'd be foolish on their parts not to be able to come back and ask for, you know, and ask for the legislation to come back and, and try to come up with something to allow this. A story that I read about the uh, the online qualifying and different ways to qualify for the main event, uh, written by Kim Yule on uh, Poker News. She, she mentions uh, Scott Blumstein, who last year sent out a tweet uh, before the World Series to sell some of his action said, selling to the WSOP main event, if anyone wants a piece of the winner, slide right on in. <laughs> and it turns out he did win. Some of his friends bought in for $60. What was their return on $60? 40 grand. Damn, for 60 bucks. That was nice. So, uh, you know, he came out of nowhere, but uh, actually, you know, his friends knew he was a good player. And uh, that must have been fun, watching that. Even yeah. if he didn't take a trip out there and watched on TV. What are you kidding me? You know, you once he made that final table, you know, you're probably going, well, I know I'm going to make fifteen thousand or so on this, and every step he moves up, it's a little bit more. That had, like you said, that had to be so much fun. Yeah, I think if I I, I would look into that and uh, spend the, that kind of money for uh, a shot at the big time. But uh, if you're a person who d- says, boy, I'd love to play the main event, but I don't have ten grand. Uh, I'm not able to raise it. Maybe your reputation as a player is not all particularly all that great. But you feel like you have some talent. You can uh, go online at WSOP.com. Uh, this Saturday, June 30th, uh, is, a, is a big day. They have a, a, uh, a satellite at 7 p.m. with 25 tickets into the 
Main Event Scramble, which is another uh, step up uh, to Satellite Inn. That is the next day at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, there's also uh, direct satellites into the $10,000 main event now, uh, over the weekend. this is the WSOP uh, That's on the website. website. Uh, you know, so you can you can do that right up to the very end. Of course, then you got to arrange your tickets and get out there and qualify. But uh, several uh, satellites coming up this weekend and at the beginning of next week. I was going to ask you, Dave, since you like to, you know, I know you go a lot to Hard Rock and everything else, and you're not too far from Coco uh, from... Uh, uh, Coconut Creek. Coconut Creek. Are they doing any satellites into the I main event? I don't think so. You know I don't believe Being so. Being that they do. Uh, yeah, I don't believe so. But uh, if you're out there, if you want to go out and see the main event and try to uh, get in directly, they have mega satellites uh, on July 2nd and 3rd, the first two days of the main event. You can get out there and play in a 575 buy-in, 575 dollar buy-in. Uh, it's uh, there's plenty of uh, mega satellites. 10 a.m., 4 p.m. Uh, there are other bigger satellites, a $1,100, a $2,175, and another Turbo. So there's spots to be had out there. And uh, so, you know, it's, it can be done if you really want to do it. So you still make some plans. Yeah, you got sure a few days to range your flights. they're going to have one table sitting goals where one winner yeah, abso- gets the thing from, Absolutely. like you said, 1100 Absolutely. And then, of course, there's other events out there. The $1,500 Closer is going to be very popular. It has a million-dollar guaranteed prize pool. That starts on July 12th. So that is after the main event, I believe, concludes. Uh, there's also a high roller, and, of course, the $1 million big one for one drop is on July 15th. So plenty of stuff to do. Uh, there's actually satellites for ten grand uh, to get into the one drop, uh, step satellite. Can you imagine that? 10000 and it's a step satellite. It's 10000 gets you into the $100,000 satellite, and then if you, if you, uh, get in, if you do uh, grab a seat out of that one, then you're in the million-dollar tournament. Yeah. So. Uh, certainly a lot of stuff, depending on your level of play. Anyway, a uh, lot of stuff happening, and it's, uh, we'll keep an eye on the main event when it gets underway. I'm sure there will be new names that we haven't heard before. Uh, and some interesting stories, as always. But uh, there will be plenty of coverage on Poker Go uh, during the tournament, and then later on in the year you can watch some of that stuff later on. And a lot of people would just like to be on TV, uh, just hope to get to near the feature table and maybe uh, draw the attention of a cameraman and, and get on there for your shot at the big time. Uh, hopefully it's not at the hands of uh, William Kasouf or someone who uh, turns it into a kind of a horrible situation. But... Uh, uh, Stacy handled that so well t- two years ago, and yes, she did. other yes, people she did. that we uh, we certainly have found out who they are because of uh, unique situations that poker always pr- seems to present. And we're just waiting to see who steps up to the plate for that particular title. Right, exactly. This year. So we'll look forward to that. That's all uh, coming up, and uh, we'll give you an idea of who some of our guests are. I'm still working on Lance Bradley and uh, trying to work out something on his book. But we certainly will uh, be following along and uh, checking it out. 939 players left in the Monster Stack uh, last count. And a new leader, Raul Banzanares Lozano from uh, the United Kingdom, is in first place there. So uh, we'll follow that. Of course, we'll have the results of that next week on this program. Thanks for being with us, Joe. Thank you again for all your uh, contributions tonight and uh, Gio as well. On the technical side, we appreciate it as well. We'll be back with another show next week. Uh, Poker continues to roll on with the main event just around the corner. When we do the show next week, uh, we'll be just getting underway with the main event, so we'll keep an eye on that as well. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line.
The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.